Hey, and thanks for tuning in to the Father's House podcast. The Father's House exists to see people discover life in Jesus. We hope that today's message brings you fresh life and renewed hope as you listen. Enjoy. Well, we are in the middle of a series, and um, we are talking about two being better than one. We're in a series, um, it's two weeks, this is kind of part two of the sermon, and we're talking about community and the importance of community. We're going to jump in in a minute into Ecclesiastes chapter four. Tim preached a word last week about that, and I'm going to finish it off this week. But around here, we are all about community. If you didn't know it already, we believe that you shouldn't have to do life on your own. You shouldn't have to try and figure out all the things that come with life and the challenges all by yourself. But we believe that you should be a part of community. And maybe you've been coming to the church for a while and you're like, church is sitting in a row and this is church. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that church is not this row. In fact, God wants to call you out of the row and call you into a circle of community. And the way we do community around here is through groups. We've got some incredible groups that meet all throughout the week. Actually, if you're in a group, will you give me a whoop whoop and raise your hand? And... Where's all our leaders at? Will you guys raise your hand, all our group leaders? Hey, give it up for these people. Come on, they are the real MVPs. I wanna say thank you to you guys for opening up your homes and your hearts. And I know um, a lot of people are gonna come knocking on your door or you raise your hand so they're gonna be like, uh, can I get in? Because you look cool and I wanna hang out with you. So this morning we are talking about that. We're talking about groups and my, my <clears throat> Excuse me. You're going to pray for me in a minute too because Tim decided to give me his cold. How dare you? Um, we're talking about community. And one of our values, which they can put up on the screen for us, when it comes to group, this value is important to us and it's become family. We believe, believe that lives flourish in the context of community and we refuse to let anybody do life alone. That's why we open up our houses and uh, coffee shops and our worlds to people because we refuse to let you do life alone. And there's groups opening up all the time because again, we refuse to have you have to figure out this world alone. So my goal this morning isn't just to convince you to join a group. My goal this morning is that you would come to understand the value of community. The value of community and that God doesn't want you to do this alone. He said, it's not good for man to be alone. And my goal this morning is that you would understand that and we would catch this. And we would go beyond sitting in the rows and we go beyond the surface. Come on, in Jesus' name the surface conversation, and we'd open up our life and our world to some other people. Amen? Well, if you didn't catch it uh, with that song, that was kind of fun this morning. Shall we just sing some more? Just kidding, just kidding. The title of this message, if you're taking notes today, is Lean On Me. You can write that down. Lean On Me. See, I think that when it comes to community, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 describes community so beautifully. So we're going to read that out this morning. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 through 12. Uh, if you have a Bible, if not, it will be up on the screen in just a moment. It says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Amen. If one person falls, then the other person can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying closely together, two people spooning, yes. Do you feel that, that awkwardness? There you go, let it sit, just let it sit there. They can keep each other warm. 
But how can one be warm alone? Verse 12 says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Tim preached on those first two verses last week. So we're going to focus in on verses 11 and 12 this week. And we're going to discover the two ways that I think we can lean on one another when it comes to community. Let's pray this morning as we dive in. Father, I thank you that these aren't just messages that are fun to preach or things that we happen to come up with. This is your heart. God, your heart is that we wouldn't try and do life alone, that whatever circumstance we could be facing, whatever we're walking through, the good times, the bad, that we would have a community. So I pray right now that you would speak to us on this truth of your word and that we would respond appropriately this morning. You guys can stretch your hands out to me. Lord, let my voice be strong. Come on, no cold. Get behind me, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Every cold, all of that, all the snot, let it go. I love, I love to make you feel awkward even when we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're taking notes this morning, our title is Lean on Me, but the first point I wanna make when it comes to this text is that in community, we should live side by side. You can write that down, side by side. Verse 11 says, likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? So Ecclesiastes is telling us to talk about cuddling this morning. Isn't that sweet? Talk about cuddling. Do you ever read the Bible and you feel a bit awkward because of the text you're reading? Like the Bible's real. Like talk about an R-rated movie. Just read the Bible because there's some crazy things in there. My Bible reading plan has me in Genesis right now. And I just got done reading the story of Lot and his daughters and their relationship after they escaped from Sodom and Gomorrah. You ever just feel awkward and you're like, <laughs> okay, well, this is the word and there's truth in it. If you don't know that story, I just gave you a great bedtime story to go read before, you know, read to your children tonight. It's great. <laughs> My kid is reading the real Bible now and I had that revelation. I'm like, I should probably have some conversations with her. But it's the truth. I am not going to lie to my kids. So we're going to have some great conversations in the future. So when I read this scripture and I feel a little bit awkward, it actually makes me think of an awkward situation that my sister-in-law told me. Now, I don't like to leave you out, so I'm going to share it with you this morning. Uh, You guys know that my husband, Tim, does not like to camp. He happens to mention or use it in a story or an analogy almost half the time he preaches. And you think that's because it's some analogy that he's trying to draw. Really, he's just trying to remind me consistently not to invite him on camping trips with my family or to never suggest that hanging out in a trailer for a week is vacation. So he's not the camper in the family, but his younger sister, Jory, is the camper in the family. She is um, the outdoors woodsman of the family. And she's a bit of, bit of a hero to me. See, she doesn't just camp, but she's one of those people that takes a backpack and straps supplies to her back of food and things she'll need. And she goes off in the wilderness to summit a mountain for a week. Man, she knows uh, how to identify the berries that she should eat, that if she runs out of food, that she could eat those to survive. She's the type of person that would drink her own urine. She's my hero. She's like the female bear grills. And she goes on hiking trips, or before she had kids, she'd go on hiking trips all the time. And I remember her telling me this story about a hiking trip she went on when she was in college. 
So she's a freshman in college and this group of college students all decided to go out on this week-long trek up in Yosemite. And they started out on their journey. They were having a great time. They went, you know, got to the summit where they wanted to see the beautiful nature and do all the things and accomplish the goal of this is what we did. And it was incredible. As they were making their way down the mountain, they had one more night to stay out in the forest before they made their way down back to their car. And it started to storm. It started to thunder and lightning and this like torrential downpour started coming down. Now, if you uh, are an outdoorsman or if you just have common sense, you know one of the smartest things when you're out in the wilderness is that you need to make sure that you keep yourself dry as possible, right? You, okay, well now you guys know. So you didn't know before, but if you find yourself in the wilderness, find some shelter. It's a good idea, especially in high altitudes, to keep dry if it starts raining. Well, Jory knew this, and most of the crew on the trip knew this, but one of the girls in the group decided that this would be a great opportunity to go for a jog. Like, like she already hadn't spent all her calories hiking up the mountain, she had to get a couple miles in. So she takes off her hiking clothes, and she's in her shorts and her t-shirt, and she goes out for a jog. And she starts, you know, jumping through puddles, just having a grand old time. Really, she probably was just try- tired of smelling, and she was ready for a shower. She was like, what a great opportunity. So she's out running through the rain, and then she comes back after her run, makes her way back to the camp. And she changes out of her wet clothes into some dry clothes. But the temperature had dropped so drastically that it started to affect her body. She hadn't gotten out of her wet clothes soon enough. So she started acting funny. Her, Her friends started noticing that she started slurring her words. She started acting somewhat delirious. And they realized that she was experiencing hypothermia. So some of them being experienced hikers knew they had to get her warm. They were far away from civilization. They couldn't take her to a hospital, so they had to act. So they wrapped her in sleeping bags to try and warm this girl up. But it wasn't working. Her body temperature was still drastically low. So they grabbed some hot compresses and put them on vital parts of her body to try and warm her up, but still her body temperature wouldn't rise. So... They, they looked at her and they're like, what do we do? One, of the per- one person started running down the mountain to try and go get help, even though they knew it was hours away. And her eyes started rolling back in her head and she became unconscious. Now, in that situation, some of us would freak out, but other people act and they're like, okay, we've got this because they're experts. And my sister-in-law is one of those people. So they knew that the next thing they needed to do was something that could be kind of awkward, especially in a group of college students. They knew that they needed to get somebody skin to skin with this girl. They needed somebody to lie side by side with her. So my sister-in-law is the only other girl in the group. She's like, I got it. So she gets out of her warm clothes and she crawls into the sleeping bag with this girl and she lays next to her and become skin to skin with her, side by side. And all of a sudden, after a few minutes, the girl woke up. The girl started responding. Her body temperature started to rise. Jory's body temperature transferred to this girl and she survived the hypothermic state she was in. Come on, wherever you're at, Jory, we just give it up for you for saving the life. See, in this girl's case, lying side by side, 
was necessary. It was the difference between life and death. It was the difference between her demise and her survival. But I think that this principle proves true, not just in the natural, but also in the spirit. See, when Solomon says, when two people lie closely together and warm each other, he's not just giving us a tip for the wilderness, but he's actually addressing a real issue that every single human being has, the need for warmth. See, there is a warmth that comes from community that you can't find outside of community. And Solomon is speaking about a comfort, a warm comfort that comes and is only possible in relationship. It's only possible in the context of community. That when it, you've got relationships, you've got people around you, you have, that means you have people that can console you with their warmth when you're walking through a difficult season. You've got relationship with people who can empathize with you so you don't have to do life alone. And Solomon points this out to us. Yet I think that so many of us do life alone. We get so used to our routines. We get so used to waking up in the morning, heading off to work or school. And we go about our day. We have our lonely lunch hour. And then the interactions that we have with people, some of the times sound something like this. Hi, how are you? I'm fine, thanks, how are you? And that's the extent of our connection some days. We make our way home and we go in our house and we close the door. But then, you know, we do what we do, which is we get on social media and, well, I posted a picture and I wrote this caption and then people responded. So I communicated. We had a real connection. And that's the extent of our communication with one another. Hiding behind a screen, having this sense of satisfaction over the communication and the relationship that we had that day. Or some of us are in community. We're in the small group, we show up, we eat the cookies, and we're there, and we're a part of it but we've yet to truly open up our life to other people. We're still at that place where we stay in that surface zone or area and don't really open up to others. See, humans were created for community. We were created to give and receive comfort from one another. But unfortunately, we find ourselves satisfied with limited community and limited connection. Until all of a sudden, what happens? Life implodes. We face a situation, we go through something, and in that moment, we have the revelation, I'm alone. I don't have anybody to comfort me. So we start kind of grappling for the, the limited community and the limited relationship that we have, but we, it falls short because we don't have much to cling to. So what do we do? We find ourselves having to self-comfort. Do you know what another word for self-comfort is? It's called coping. We find ourselves coping because we're dealing with stuff and we don't have somebody to reach out to, so we've got to figure it out ourselves. For coping, for some of us, it looks like a an addiction or something we, we pull from. Well, I gotta, I gotta run to this thing, this substance to try and comfort myself. Others, 
Maybe it is a relationship that you run back to, but it's an unhealthy one. Others, we binge. We binge on the TV. We binge on food. We do things to try and fill ourselves to cope. Or the ever-famous, I'm going to go on Facebook, and I'm going to tell everyone how I'm feeling right now. Tell the world, all my friends, all my followers, because I don't actually have a real human to connect with. See, we all find ways to cope when we don't have the comfort of community. And that's why Solomon points this out. He says, how can you warm yourself? How can you comfort yourself? So let me ask you this morning, do you have the comfort of knowing that you don't have to hike through this life alone? That you've got people that are by your side there for you in the good times and the bad times, there to comfort you when you're walking through it? Or are you just hoping and coping it'll all work out? This morning, only you can answer that question. But let me show you what God's intention is for our lives. This last Thursday morning, I got a, a text from Galermi who leads one of our groups. Come on, shout out to Galermi and his men's group. And he sent me this text and he said, hey, me and my group were meeting at a coffee shop here in the city and it just so happened that Joanne, where's she at? Jojo, she's somewhere. She's here, she's here, hi Jojo. She leads a group of ladies. And it just so happened but that Galermi's group and Joanne's group were meeting at the same coffee shop. How fun that TFH groups are taking over coffee shops in the city. So both of their groups go on and when they conclude, uh, they walk outside and Joanne discovers that her car has been broken into. Her window's been shattered, there's glass all over the place. And this is the first time, you know, you, we all kind of get that like, welcome to the city, you know, car getting broken into. And she's devastated, like, I just was telling people about Jesus in there and I come out to this, what? So she's having this moment, she's obviously upset trying to figure out what she needs to do next. But what was incredible about that situation is that Joanne had people by her side. She had a community of people so that she didn't have to face that situation alone. I wanna show you a picture that Galermi sent me. You can put that on the screen. Come on, right here. She had Galermi's group and her group surround her and began to pray for her. She didn't have to deal with this situation by herself because they were right there, side by side. One of the girls uh, took her to her house afterwards and her dad and the gal in her small group vacuumed out her car and taped up her window. She didn't have to face it alone because she had people by her side. But how many of you have been in a situation and you have community but you just don't have the energy to reach out. You go through something and you like don't even have the energy to pick up the phone and call the people. Maybe it's because something happened to you, but maybe it's because you did something stupid. You made a mistake, you put yourself in a situation. There's moments where we feel like we can't reach out, but when you have people by your side, what's incredible is you don't have to reach out all the time. You know why? Because they know. They know what you look like when you show up to church and you're acting kind of funny. You don't seem yourself. 
Come on, like the hypothermic hiker who put herself in a weird situation and my sister-in-law had to insert herself into her awkward situation. When you have people by your side, they'll put yourself, their, themselves in your awkward situation. They'll give you a call. They will show up at your door and say, hey, come out. You're not alone. And they'll invite you back in and they'll walk with you. So you don't have to walk through and face this thing on your own. That's what community looks like. Come on, people knocking on your door saying, in this situation, you can lean on me. Come on, right now, you're not strong, but I'll be your friend. I'm going to help you carry on. Come on, that's what community looks like, to have people by your side that will warm you with their comfort. Amen? See, there's a second kind of community. It's not just people that will warm you with their comfort, but it's a community that will fight with you. The number two this morning that I want you to take home with you is people aren't just by your side, but they're back to back with you. There's a community that wants to be back to back with you. Verse 12 says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Come on. And Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14 through 17, you can put this on the screen, he says to these believers, he says, I want you to put on the full armor of God, and here's what it looks like. He says, stand firm, believer, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Come on, isn't this powerful? Just stand in there like, yeah, that's right. This is who I am in God. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. As a believer, you were meant to stand, but guess what? You were never meant to stand alone. I don't know if you caught that, but when it came to this full armor of God that Paul's talking about, he's like, you've got your shield, you've got your helmet, you've got something on your feet. I forget what it is, but I'm gonna walk over here real quick. And he also says, you've got your sword. Thank you, Scottish Rite, for this incredible prop. If you're a part of our dream team, then you can be the person that removes this from our family room so children don't play with it during service. He says, I want you to put on the full armor. But I don't know if you noticed, he didn't, didn't, he didn't describe any armor for my back. I got the chest plate. I've got the shield. I've got my sword. But my back is exposed. And if your back is exposed, you're vulnerable. I can stand. Ooh, I can stand. This feels good. I think I was meant for battle. I can stand here with my sword and I can face the enemy. I can face my problem. I can face the thing that I'm going through. But with my back exposed? And I don't know about you, but I don't have eyes in the back of my head. Something could be lurking behind me and I can't do this in battle. Like, I can't stand my ground like that. I need someone to cover my back. I'm gonna ask 
my friend to come up here because we're talking about community and she's a part of my community. Priscilla, will you come up here and help me? Give it up for her as she comes. I love you, so you get this one. Also, it's heavy. So this is what community looks like, church. I'm gonna take the machete. Got my machete too. I got so many props, I just keep walking over there grabbing things. Guys, this is what community looks like. (laughs) We're just waiting to pose. See, I've got my shield. I've got all the things I need to fight, but I need someone at my back. I need someone who's got my back. And it's not just that Priscilla has my back and she's standing there leaning on me, but it's the fact that she can see what's coming up behind me. She has a different perspective that I need in my life. And she stands here with me back to back so that I don't have to fight my battles alone. I don't have to face challenges in my life alone. She has my back and she fights with me in prayer. When I'm facing something, she brings a different perspective and she brings her prayers and she fights with me. When I'm facing a a situation where I don't know what decision to make, she fights with me by fasting. This is what community looks like. She fights the good fight of faith with me. And in Deuteronomy, it says that one could put a thousand to flight, but two, they can put 10,000 to flight. She amplifies the effect that I can have. She makes me stronger. Fighting alone, I can do this, but with her at my back, I can do so much more. But do you know what happens sometimes, church? People that were meant to have your back and battle with you, People that were meant to fight with you, so many times we turn and we begin to fight those people. People that were meant to stand with us in battle, I turn and I face her. Do you know how I do that? Sometimes I turn and I face her with comparison. We are clearly friends. We both showed up today in this outfit and we did not call each other. But comparison says, why didn't I wear white boots? Why did I buy the, I should have bought white boots. Those look so much better. Comparison says, look at this. She doesn't like it when I wave a machete at her. Why not? Look at this Brazilian goddess showing up to America. You know, she told me, I don't know if she told you, but she told me she started a business when she was like 17. I was just popping pimples when I was 17. Man, she's so accomplished. She does so much. There's so many things that she's accomplished already in her life. Did you know she speaks like five languages? I don't even think I've mastered English yet. She's so much smarter than me. And so then comparison turns to competition. Ooh, she might be smarter, but I know my biceps are bigger than hers. I hear she's got an injured soldier. I think I'm gonna, did I say soldier? I'm a soldier, but you got an injured shoulder? (laughs) This is fun, isn't it? I'm gonna take her out, I'm gonna take her out. And I begin to compete with my friend 
who was meant to be at my back. Come on, I know we're having fun, but this is a word for some of you this morning. God has put some people in your life that are meant to be allies and you've made them your enemy. They're meant to stand at your back and not to battle against you, but to battle with you. Come on, this is what community looks like, that we can stand back to back. You know, all the accomplishments, all the things that she's done, I don't wanna compete against that. That actually makes me stronger. Who she is and her abilities make me stronger. Do you know when I'm feeling weak, when my posture starts to wane, oh, my friend says, hey, 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 lean on me. She stabilizes me when I'm feeling weak, when I'm going through a rough season. And all the things that she's accomplished, all the things of who she is make me stronger, make me better. They are a benefit to my life. It's also a benefit that you speak five languages. We're gonna continue uh, going on vacation together in other countries. Thank you, Priscilla. You can, take, you can take that machete with you. Come on, give it up for her. Come on, that is what community looks like. People not just standing by your side, but people that wanna stand back to back with you. Because there's things that you're facing that you shouldn't be facing alone. Some of you are in this battle all by yourself. You're trying to do life by yourself. And I wanna give you a warning this morning. That rhymed. If you're trying to fight by yourself, do you know that the enemy wants you to fight by yourself? He wants you to try and figure it out by yourself. You know why? Because he wants you alone. He wants you to be by yourself. What happens when we're alone? Solomon said, alone, you are an easy target. You can be attacked and defeated easily when you're by yourself. First Peter 5.8 says, stay alert. Watch out for, your, for the great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I don't know if you've seen the Discovery Channel because none of us probably have seen this in real life. You ever seen, you know, the pack of antelope that they're all running together? This is what an antelope does. They all run together. You got this pack of antelope. And the Bible says that the enemy is like that prowling lion who's by himself and he's looking. He's assessing the pack, waiting to see one of them be a straggler, waiting to see who's separate from the pack. Because as they run in the pack, they're protected. Come on, they might be a weak animal on their own, but together they are an assembled, powerful unit. They can't be taken out together, but the enemy lurks and he looks for the ones that are on the outskirts, the one who's fallen behind, because you're an easy target. When you're by yourself, you're an easy target for the enemy to take out. But what's better than two fighting back to back? Ooh, it's that herd of antelope. Come on, it's that crowd, it's that community. It's that small group, it's that team of friends that says we are fighting with each other. Come on, what you're battling, I'm battling with you. You're not by yourself. Because we weren't meant to just fight. But Ephesians chapter four verse 12 says we were meant to conquer. 
Come on, you weren't meant to just try and get by in this life. You're not just trying to stay away from the schemes of the enemy. No, you were meant to battle and conquer. You were meant to win, church. And put this quote up. I want you to walk away with this. Conquering is the conquest of community. This isn't something that can be accomplished alone. Come on, you have plans. You have dreams, band, you guys can come. You have plans, you have dreams, you have things that God's put in your heart. He didn't put those things there so that you could try and do it alone. Come on, if you wanna conquer, you need community to be right there with you. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to the Father's House podcast. We hope it helps you wherever you're at in your journey. And listen, we wanna pray with you if you're going through something right now that's difficult. You can go to our website, tfh.church, and click on the prayer and praise link and tell us how to join you in prayer. Until next time, be blessed.